U.S. President Joe Biden called it a momentous day today, celebrating the bids by two once neutral nations to join NATO in response to Russia's Ukraine invasion. The two nations, Sweden and Finland, are moving quickly to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization in response to Vladimir Putin's aggression. Uh, Biden greeted uh, Prime Minister Magdalena Anderson of Sweden and President uh, Sauli Ninista of Finland today as they met for conversations on NATO as well as broader European security issues. His administration has professed optimism for the applications to join the alliance despite continued opposition from Turkey. And Turkey's approval is crucial because NATO makes decisions by consensus. Each of its 30 member countries has the power to veto a membership bid. But Joe Biden says this bid is definitely worth it. They meet every NATO requirement and then some. And having two new NATO members in the high north will enhance the security of our alliance and deepen our security cooperation across the board. Well, Sweden's Prime Minister Magdalena Andersson says that after centuries of non-military alignment, Sweden is choosing a new path due to Russia's aggression. My government has come to to the conclusion that the security of the Swedish people will be best protected within the NATO alliance. And this is backed by very broad support in the Swedish parliament. And with Sweden and Finland as members, NATO will also be stronger. It's remarkable just how much public opinion has shifted, specifically in Finland, but Sweden as well. These were countries where NATO membership was not really considered such a big deal. And suddenly the public is very much in support. Well, the head of NATO says he's confident that both countries will join the alliance soon, despite opposition from Turkey. Uh, Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says NATO remains in close contact with all three countries. Meantime, Finnish President Sali Nenesto says he will address Turkey's concerns about his nation in Sweden joining NATO. We take terrorism seriously. We condemn terrorism in all its forms. And we are actively engaged in combating it. We are open to discussing all the concerns. Turkey may have concerning our membership in an open and uh, constructive manner. The words of the current uh, Finnish president, Sali Ninesta. Well, Alexander Stubb is the former prime minister of Finland and professor at the European University Institute. He also helped broker the peace deal between Russia and Georgia following Russia's 2008 invasion of its neighbor. And he joins me now with more on this from Helsinki. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. I imagine watching President Biden, accompanied by both the Prime Minister, the current Prime Minister of Finland and Sweden's Prime Minister, uh, talking about NATO membership must have been sort of the icing on the cake. This this all feels very real now. Yeah, it's been a pretty good week in the sense that we had the decision by the government and the president, then we had the parliament, then we had the joint decision, then we had the actual filing of the application, and now the ice on the cake was seeing our president uh, and the Swedish Prime Minister next to Joe Biden. Um, it's been a long, it's been a long road. I've been an advocate of Finnish NATO membership for the better part of thirty years. So, this was long coming, and I'm all smiles. What has been such? I mean, if you look back at Finland's history with Russia, it's obviously long and complicated. Then Russia's been the aggressor in the past, both whether it be uh, during Soviet times or uh, more recently in Georgia, uh, which you were involved in the negotiations to end, uh, as well as Ukraine in 2014 and Crimea. What has been such uh, a game changer for Finland with this invasion of Ukraine? Well, I think the first observation to make is that Finnish security policy has always been based on 
two pillars. One is idealism. So this sort of bona fide thought that we can cope with the Russians, we can work with them, we want to integrate them to the West. We want Russia to be like Sweden. Uh, but failing that, we had always the second pillar, which was the realist side. That's why we have one of the largest standing armies in, in Europe with 900,000 in the reserve, including myself, uh, 280,000 that we can mobilize within days in wartime. And of course, then we've got our 62 F-18s and then just bought 64 F-35. So, you know, the, the, the whole package and the whole thinking is that, that we, you know, we can cope with them. Now, this was sort of the third time I'm lucky, I guess. Georgia, you know, it didn't hit home that hard. I mean, I tried to make the case at the time that we need to rejuvenate the NATO debate, but got a lot of pushback. Then Crimea, that operation was just so covert and actually successful that no one flinched, really. Uh, but this was a full-scale conventional war. And let me be honest as well. You know, had the Ukrainians toppled over and given in on Kiev in 48 hours as Putin uh, had, had predicted or, or, or believed, then I think the situation would be different. But because they have failed, it's given people time. Uh, and I think our decision to join NATO was taken basically on the 24th of uh, February uh, on the night, on the morning of the attack. Because it's, it's hard to overstate just how much of a shift in public opinion there has been in Finland. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, right before the war, it was 50% against NATO membership, 20 in favor. So I was in the minority. Then overnight, it changed to 50 in favor, 20 against. And now the latest opinion polls are pushing around or north of 80% in favor of NATO membership uh, and only about 10% against. And I, I think you should compare that to uh, our, our EU referendum in 1994. Uh, in those days, what happened was that uh, we had 57% in favor of EU membership and 43 against. So this is it's just an overwhelming. And you add on to that with 188 voting in favor of uh, uh, 188 voting in favor of, of uh, NATO membership in parliament and only eight against. That's, that's an overwhelming, overwhelming support indeed. What does, what does, what do Finland and Sweden, you know, as, as Canada, a NATO member, a fellow Nordic country, uh, what do you think Finland and Sweden will bring to the alliance? Well, apart from two very good hockey teams and a strong <laughs> conviction that the NHL is fun and that we're sad that Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs are out of the playoffs and we're watching, you know, Calgary and Calgary and Edmonton. But apart from, apart, apart from that, um, you know, we are bringing in uh, added security and stability. Uh, if you look at the Nordic countries combined, I remember that Iceland, Norway, and Denmark were founding states in 1949 with Canada. Uh, we have 250 uh, fighter jets, aircraft um, in, in the region. Um, we also bring sort of a, a, how would I say, Nordic approach to, to, to NATO. Uh, so quite calm, cool, and, and, and collected. So a lot of stability, and, and I would argue in the current um, you know, geosecurity situation that we are in, that the two countries actually are value-added uh, for the security in the Baltic Sea region, for the security in Europe, and for the security of the alliance altogether. We've seen some opposition. Uh, to coin the old phrase, never let a good crisis go to waste. Turkey has voiced some opposition. Clearly, this has lot, not much to do with the uh, with the legitimacy of Finland and Sweden's application, a lot more to do with domestic politics and politics in general. Uh, but but are you surprised by Turkey's opposition, and do you think it'll be a hurdle? Mm, I think it'll be sorted in the end, and there are pretty much three arrows on that. So the first arrow is basically... The, 
the Kurdish issue, so the PKK as a terrorist organization. The second one is that there's an arms embargo from Finland and Sweden to Turkey. And the third one, and probably the most important, actually, is the fact that when the Turks bought uh, S-400 defense missiles from Russia, uh, the Americans decided not to sell F-35s. Uh, and, and, you know, when you have these three issues sort of floating around, I think eventually you'll find a diplomatic solution. So I'm quite confident and looking at the body language at the press conference or both presidents and the prime minister and, and, and listening to Turkish diplomats, I'm quite convinced that we'll find a solution. Russia's reaction to all this seems muted. I mean, it, the, uh, all, the Kremlin's always good for, for, some bols- for some bluster, and we haven't seen much bluster uh, on this one yet. Did that, did that surprise you, or are we missing something? Or am I missing something? No. Well, I think, you know, it's it sort of, I think Russia counted Sweden and, and, and Finland as, as de facto members of NATO already a long time ago. And they also see that, you know, we will not be aggressive NATO members. And even our president has said that we're joining NATO not against anyone, but for ourselves. And uh, what we'll probably see is sort of a bit back and forth with the language coming from the Kremlin. So we had Putin and, and um, Sergei Lavrov saying that, well, Finnish and Swedish NATO membership is not a security threat for Russia. That is very mild language, actually. But then we had spokeswoman Takarova saying that, well, it's probably going to be a surprise um, that what we do, and it's the defense ministry deciding on that. I don't know if she came up with that, you know, off the top of her head, but so far the reactions have been quite moderate. And, you know, of course, we're quite pleased about that. I suppose the, the, suppose the kinds of reactions we might see would be the sort of things we've already seen, which is sort of flyovers, uh, cyber warfare, uh, disinformation, things we're used to seeing from the Kremlin, no, no real threat of, a, of any sort of military, military intervention. Yeah, I mean, we, we sort of break it down to, we think a conventional warfare or attacks are very unlikely because and it wouldn't be de facto an attack on the alliance. Mm-hmm. Now, secondly, uh, it, therefore, it'll be some form of hybrid. So, you know, it could be a cyber attack, as we saw four weeks ago when uh, President Zelensky was speaking to the Finnish parliament. Uh, the homepage of our defense ministry and foreign ministry went down. And believe me, that wasn't the Swedes doing it. So. We knew where it came from. We'll probably see some violation of airspace. Um, then there'll be a lot of disinformation, actually in Canada as well. So you'll probably hear a whole bunch of sort of disinformation about Finland and what membership would mean and so on and so forth. But so far, so good. I'm speaking with Alexander Stubb. He's the former prime minister of Finland and professor at the European University Institute. We're talking about Finland and Sweden's uh, decision to apply to join NATO. The warm reception, other than from Turkey, but the warm reception that's received uh, from uh, NATO, other NATO members right now and what lies ahead. Uh, when we come back, we'll quickly discuss the state of the war in Ukraine because uh, uh, former prime minister Stubb was involved in the, in the negotiations to end the fighting in Georgia in 2008. Curious to know what he thinks uh the future holds for Ukraine, if there's any chance for something similar in the near future there. We'll be right back. I'm speaking with Alexander Stubb. He's the former prime minister of Finland and professor at the European University Institute. He's speaking to me tonight from Helsinki. Um, today, of course, uh, the prime ministers of both the current prime minister of Finland and Sweden were in Washington meeting with Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden, very enthusiastic about Finland and Sweden's uh, na- application to join NATO. Some opposition from Turkey, but um, uh, former prime minister Stubb thinks that can be overcome. And Russia's reaction so far quite muted. In the interim, I gather there is talk underway to make sure that at least the no 
notion of Article 5, this idea of protection, would apply to Finland and Sweden faster than membership will come. Is that the sense you're getting as well? Yeah, I mean, you can say that there are implicit and explicit security assurances. So Joe Biden didn't come out today and say, we will protect you. But I mean, implicitly, I am sure that that is the case. Then we've got some explicit assurances coming actually from the United Kingdom, even in form, form of a signed agreement between Sweden and the UK and, and Finland uh, and the UK. And then, of course, uh, strong support and security assurances from our Nordic friends, uh, Iceland, Norway and Denmark. So we feel quite you know, confident and comfortable where we are. But remember also that uh, our NATO membership is based on a strong and independent defense. And we're quite confident about that one as well. Looking to Ukraine now, and, and you know, just the amount of time that you've spent uh, dealing with conflict in that part of the world, are you seeing any signs of, of hope that this will end soon, or do you feel like we're heading towards some sort of um, unstable stalemate? I think it's an unstable stalemate. It's it's a very different kettle of fish from uh, the war in Georgia in 2008, which I helped mediate in my capacity as foreign minister and chairman of the OSC. We got a ceasefire there in five days. Uh, now we're into 80 plus days of this war. The Finnish winter war was 105 days. I don't see this ending anytime soon. And the reason is simple. The warring parties are so far away from each other that there is absolutely uh, you know, no room to maneuver. This war is too big for Putin to fail, and he's failing big time. And I imagine Vlad- uh, Vladimir Zelensky is also in a difficult situation because he needs popular support to negotiate anything, and that would put him in a, in, a, in a difficult situation when it comes to negotiating an end to this as well, given how much territory Russia has taken. Definitely, and also you know how, how poor the Russian military has actually been. So the feeling and sentiment probably in Ukraine at the moment is that, listen, they couldn't even take us over in Kiev, and we're pushing back in some of the areas that they took over in 2014 in the Donbass. So let's do something about it and let's continue. I don't know when war fatigue hits in, but as we all know, it's much easier to defend your country or you're much more committed in defending your country and your existence than you are an attack when you're an attack and when you don't really even know what you're doing and who you're doing it for. As was the case early on in the war when some of the poor young Russian soldiers actually thought that they were just doing a military operation and exercise. What would it take to bring, I mean, you saw Russia at the table. What would it bring to, what would it take to bring Russia to the table in all this? I really don't know. I mean, I've been trying to get around this issue and left, right, center, below and above. And and I just can't, I I don't know because, because the stakes are too high. I mean, of course, the easiest thing would be to, you know, do one of these Putin kind of things and declare victory. And we'd just all nod and say, yeah, yeah, you know, you want it, it's fine. But I, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't see where the room for maneuver here is. And, and at the end of the day, um, what was ostensibly, at least publicly, a fight against NATO expansion has instead encouraged NATO expansion. It all seems a bit ironic for, for Russia. And you've watched them for a long time. Uh, do you think uh, the Kremlin had any idea this would be the end result, this quick, uh, this quick popularity or quick decision by Finland and Sweden to join NATO and, ex- in fact, expand the alliance even on their borders? Uh, no, I don't think this was the end game that he thought would happen. And this, the reason is probably that he did a combination of a tactical and a strategic blunder. So everything that he wanted tur- turned around. He wanted a Russian Ukraine, well, they became European. He wanted to split the European Union, never seen it more united. He wanted to split NATO, well, it's back with a vengeance and 
uh, a purpose akin to the foundation in 1949. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, he wanted to split the transatlantic partnership and it's back. And then as a bonus, added bonus, he got Finland and Sweden into NATO. So, you know, this is very much Putin's enlargement. As a longtime advocate for Finland to join NATO, and you wrote about this today uh, on social media, just from a personal point of view, uh, what's what's your sense of it? Do, do you feel relief? Do you feel do you feel pleasure? Uh, how are you reacting? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it, it, it's it's a strange kind of a feeling. I mean, on one hand, I'm I'm happy that we finally joined. On the other hand, I'm thinking, well, I wish we would have joined for another reason and probably at another time. Uh, but finally, I'm just very proud of, of, of my countrymen that they were able to sort of switch tack so quickly, turn around and take a pretty much consensual decision, both in parliament and in public opinion. So, you know, we finish reactive situations and we do it quite swiftly. And I think this was an example thereof. Alexander, Stug, as always, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me.